This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today on the podcast, Vico Ortiz, currently starring in the TV show Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. Honestly, I've been a fan of Vico's for a long time, so it was really exciting to get a chance to talk. And hey, speaking of things you could be a fan of, I forgot to even say on the podcast that my book, Save Yourself, is now available in paperback. It's It did well, even. Like, I had like a whole book event and it got launched and people bought it. It's like in bookstores and I forgot to even say that. So anyway, uh, if you didn't buy it in um, hardcover, guess what? There's a new cover. It's a great book. It's a bestseller and you can grab it today. Save yourself anywhere books are sold, but please buy it from an indie bookseller. Um, also, you want to see me in person? Okay, fine. On April 16th, I'll be in Lauren, Kansas. Lauren? No, I will not be in Lauren, Kansas. <laughs> very sexual. I will be in Lawrence, Kansas on April 16th. And on May 7th, no 6th, yep, I will be in Los Angeles as a part of the Netflix Comedy Festival. And on May 28th, I will be in Vancouver as part of Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Those are the three shows I'm doing for the summer. And Lauren will be part of all of them. Please enjoy this episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on, darling. I know, I know, I know it's careless. Yes. Awesome. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I, I always have guests on the podcast introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Um, what's up? I am Vico Ortiz. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. En español, ella, le. I am born and raised in Puerto Rico. I'm an actor, drag king, and um, a professional queerdo. <laughs> yeah, sure. Totally. I feel like, are you still, do you still king around? I don't know the right verbiage, the right verb. I love kinging around. Um, I love that. Uh, I haven't done a live show since before the pandemic. The last show I did was March 7th of 2020, uh, just a few days away between the, yeah. the end of everything. Um, but uh, I've been wanting to do a live show for the longest time. It's just um, every time a friend of mine is like, Hey, there's a show this day. I am either not in town or I am filming. So I'm hoping that soon I get to do it because I'm craving one. Right. And what is, what is that experience like? Uh, kinging? I feel like I don't actually think we've had a drag king on oh, the show. Hey, I love this. Um, isn't I that love, weird? I love to be Wasn't the that, first that's drag That's so king. strange and sad, was, isn't it? I'm so here for it, though. I mean, I think it's always a good, you know, we'll rip the Band-Aid and then many kings will come. Um, I definitely... I'm trying to think if that's not true. I think it is true, though. Yes, but keep going, keep going. Yes. Um, drag kinging, I'm just going to start using that from now on, uh, came upon <laughs> me completely by accident. My friend uh, Kathleen Jaffe was producing the first, like, king show called Them Fatales, uh, like... 
want to say five or six years ago. And, um, and it was a fundraiser and she was like, have you ever done drag? And I was like, I have barely even heard of drag, but I, I mean, I, I know the Queens, but I've never heard of a King, but sure, let's do it. And, um, I looked a lot of, I looked up a lot of YouTube videos and, uh, and obviously mostly saw Queens. And I was like, well, it's lip syncing and dressing up like a dude. So let's just go. And I dressed up like Ricky Martin and I chose the Ricky Martin song and I got on stage and I did it and it changed my life. <laughs> it changed my whole, uh, it, tell me more. It truly was such a euphoric moment, uh, for me to be up there and, and feel so, sensual and sexy and, and tapping into the power of my femininity within this masculine persona. Oh, like it really gasp. just truly, yeah, it, it, it really just shifted how, I mean, that was when I started questioning my gender. Um, kinging helped me, um, start that process. And I started realizing that a lot of the guys that I liked to, uh, dress up like, or, or sort of imitate were, um, effeminate men or gay <gasps> men. And Pico, I'm like gasping. I'm <laughs> gasping. I knew we, I, can I just tell you, I kind of knew we were the same thing. What? I, I like, love this. Just like, I don't know. I don't need, we don't know each other at all, but I kind of spotted you several years ago. And I was like, well, I think we might be the same thing, but anyway, Keep I'm going. So here for this. I'm so here for this. And if have you ever kinged before? No, but this thing that you're talking about, like this is this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. So I don't know that I even feel like called in that direction, but like cool, maybe it would be fun. Um I've been thinking a lot about as this sort of conversation about gender moved forward in the at the very least in the queer community a bunch of years ago and then like now more on a just larger cultural stage um as it was moving forward i think that when i was like first thinking about gender stuff for me i think one thing that felt like a big block is that like i think of myself as um like masculine i i feel very masculine as a woman but then I also feel like the people that I've ever wanted to be or styled myself after, it's always been effeminate men. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, obsessed with, like it's, you know, it's, I mean, I don't even have to list, but it's, you know, it's the the Bowies and the Prince and everything. And then in the last couple of years, younger folks, like Timothy Chalamet was just on the red carpet wearing a women's suit. And I feel like when I was first thinking about my gender, I was I was watching a lot of folks like sort of go, I don't even have the right language, but like hard masculine, like Matt, like trying to be um, like lean into the sort of edge of masculinity, like the fullest masculine masculine. Mm -hmm, right. And mm -hmm. so and that's also, you know, friends and family members of ours who have like transitioned and then had that reflected in their body, made choices about hormones or surgical um, changes that they want to make. And while I like totally, I don't, I don't think anybody else needs to do anything different. I think for me, it became really confusing because I was like, well, I kind of like the body that I have. And I kind of like my face and I already feel like I look like a dude, but do you not, you know, like, I think it was this sort of real, um, middle place that, that it really felt like 
yeah, it's like this feminine masculinity or this masculine femininity. And it's not something that I'm like, that I'm really feeling we're talking about yet in a much larger sense. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of folks, it just, it's like the luck of the draw on who has been speaking publicly so far. It's a lot of folks who like, wanted to make changes and I don't really want to make changes. So then I think I've felt confused about how to help people see who I think I already am and always have been. Does that make sense, Vico? It makes 100% sense. And I resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I feel like I feel like that's part of the journey, you know, just like existing mm -hmm. in that. I mean, it's breaking some of those expectations as well. I feel like mm -hmm. whenever I've thought about maybe uh, either doing HRT or doing some sort of uh, surgical procedure, I don't want to uh, be perceived as um man <laughs> i don't like it's like i yeah. i, I kind of love the fact that i'm like am an effeminate masculine person and also yeah like i like having those two things and i love uh uh where my body is at right now and similarly like i love i do love just like walking into a room and sometimes having people be like i don't know what is happening here? <laughs> but I like you. And I'm like, there we go. That's all you really need to like understand is that you like enjoy me as a human and I enjoy you as a human and we can connect. Um, uh, cause I feel like we're so sometimes wrapped up at, at, uh, at with that, right. It's like, I need to figure you out. And it's like, well, yeah. I think the purpose of living is to just constantly be figuring it out. You know, we don't have totally. to have it like 100%, you know, I think, part of being queer um, or the realization of our queerness is that we're ever evolving, ever changing, ever exploring and allowing uh, ourselves to come authentically to each and every day, you know, like what I feel today might be different tomorrow and both are mm -hmm. valid. Um, and who I was five years ago will be very different from, you know, will I be five years from now? Um, and, uh, and, and, giving that a chance to, to just be. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of it is also, you know, for me anyway, it's like this pressure to, I just feel like, I feel like a lot of folks want instruction on how to see me, how to see me and what to call me. And, um, I feel like I've had some some frustration mm. because I feel like I've been telling folks. I mean, it's 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 um it's also wonderful that people want to ask. You know, it's a it's a it, there's two sides of the same coin. Um, it's wonderful that people are curious, and it's wonderful that we're having these conversations. And then I also feel pressure to like get it right and to be able to articulate it and to be able to have a finite answer, like a finish line answer, mm -hmm. um, where I just don't feel that way. You know, like I feel, I feel like I already am at the finish line and have been for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's confusing when we've just started the conversation. It's like, we're, we're kind of mm. not quite there yet. 
if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And it makes sense also to to want to have, you know, instructions and to want to have. Like, totally. Uh, yes. I mean, we have. It all makes sense. 100%. Because, <laughs> yes. you know, we've been, we've been, since the moment we're brought into this, you know, dimension, um, we are given instructions, you know, like, okay, great. Like you came out and you got to do this and you got to do that. And like, these are the steps you got to make to like, you know, function right in this uh, uh, society. But when you start realizing that like, all these systems and structures are really just to put you in a in a lane so you don't look to the side or within. When you start taking mm-hmm. all those things away and start removing all these instructions, it's like, wait, where is the structure? And it's like, the structure is that there is none. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you're just like a floating blob of love <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> um, also, I mean... I guess the thing is, is like, yes, I feel like a floating blob of love. I also feel like a physical body. Like, I like my body, you know, um, for the maybe the first time in my life. I I'm, love that. I'm feeling like, because I think that's the other thing. It's like, then in order to conceptualize this, it's like, don't even think of me as a body. You know, it's it's all like, it has to stay gray because it's like, well, don't even think of me as a body. Then that means like, I have to leave my body behind, which means I can't like my body. And I, honestly, I do push-ups every day so that I can flex and feel good about it. So are you going to tell me I can't fucking take constant pictures of myself flexing in the bathroom mirror? Because no, thank you. I'm not ready to give that up. I love this. I love this. Also, I don't know if it happened to you, but once I started to reclaim what femininity and masculinity were for me, Mm-hmm. And just said F you to like everything that was expected of me. Uh, that's mm-hmm. when I started to really, really be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I have I have a gorgeous body. I have all these like mm. things that I like I, in the beginning, wow. I was like very like, oh, I don't want to show it off because it's like, ooh, it's expected of this. And now I'm just like, oh, no, like I bl- love this you know, uh, vessel that I have because um, I'm reclaiming these like features for me. No. Oh, so yes. it's like, it's not, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to like fit into like what society wants. It's like, no, I want this for me. And I'm like loving this for me. And then now I just feel sexy and sensual and masculine and feminine and all of the things that I want. I don't know if that resonates with you too. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. So I'm so sorry to listeners, but like a couple months ago, I posted this photo on Instagram where like, this is actually a big turning point for me, just sort of in the general understanding of this. Like, I posted this photograph where you could kind of see cleavage, like not very much, but a little bit. And um, I have like, I have big boobs. I have like a D-sized chest, which I have felt pretty weird about for a long time because, like, I remember one time I was at a pool party, which is a thing that you do when you live in Los Angeles and you're an adult, not something I ever did outside of childhood when I lived in Chicago. That makes but, sense. <laughs> um, I was at a pool party and I was trying to tell one of my friends at the time, we were literally no longer friends, but I was trying to tell one of my friends at the time, like, I feel like, I feel like Don Draper in a Joan body. And she said to me, she was like, I mean, I was in a bathing suit when I said this. And she said, oh, so you're like comparing yourself to the two hottest people on the planet, which was kind of a dick thing to say, because what I was trying to do was convey that, like, I know that you might have certain expectations of me based on the fact, based on how I look in a bathing suit. Like, I don't really wear, like, sporty volleyball lesbian uh, triangle 
bikini tops, I have to wear like an underwire and like some support because my boobs are huge. And that makes me feel weird because I, it doesn't, it's like, it makes me feel weird because of you, because you're around, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. um, so I was trying to confide, like, don't like, don't be confused. You know, like I'm still an ad executive that is a bad person, you know, like, um, (laughs) anyway, I posted this picture on Instagram and some folks commented on the cleavage and started calling me mommy. (laughs) What is Which made me feel insane. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Because I was like, oh my God, like these are, and it's, and it's also fine to be a mommy, but I don't really feel like a mommy. I think I said, I feel like a daddy. And then people were saying, actually, just FYI, you're a mommy. And I wanted to punch myself in the face. I deleted it. And then, like, maybe 48 hours later, I reposted it. And I just said, like, correct me based on, like, what you can see. Like, I know I have boobs. I'm trying to be more confident and tell you this is who I am. You don't have to tell me. I Like, feedback not required. That is, I think, that is, I think, the mo- the, the biggest problem, right? Yeah, just people want to just put their thoughts on who you are rather than just letting you be. And the fact that you yeah. were like, I feel like a daddy. And everyone was like, actually, no. You're like, excuse me. Isn't that <laughs> shitty? Why? <laughs> what? I it's said, shitty. I feel like a daddy. And you're trying to correct how I feel? What is this assumption? Ooh. What is this audacity? On Yeah, wow. So right now you're also um, exhibiting gender on television, um, <laughs> as am I. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about that. We you know, love to see here's, it. <laughs> here's all this conversation. And then maybe you could just like, you know, give some context for listeners. Absolutely. About what's happening yeah. in your life. It seems like a pretty huge moment. It's a it's a whole moment. So I'm in a show called Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max that follows the life of Steed Bonnet. Um, it's loosely based on real historical facts. Um, Steed Bonnet is an actual pirate who called himself the gentleman pirate who befriended uh, Blackbeard. The most uh, feared. Oh, I think I just also have to say I think is also in the television show Outlander. So this is something that um, my Outlander stands can confirm whether or not there is also Stephen Bonnet in Outlander. I, that there, yes, I think it's the same person. I'm so here for this. I have not mm-hmm. seen Outlander, and I think it should because I've. Well, been I told- can't wait for the crossover because yeah. you <gasps> should be in that. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I, I'm just so here continue. for it. Um, so uh, in history books, it, it's just told that Steed Bonnet and Blackbeard became friends, but it never really gets explored. And in the show, um, they lean into the queerness of that relationship, which I think it's beautiful. And not just on those two characters, but there's several other characters. I mean, mostly everyone on that crew is queer to a certain degree, um, which I think is lovely. And uh, I play Jim, uh, who's this... um, uh, starts off the show as a bearded, uh, bulbous nose mute, uh, mysterious mute with 
crazy knife skills. And then it uh, turns out Jim doesn't actually have a beard or a bulbous nose, and uh, they can speak. Um, so uh, there's a moment where the crew is like, Jim is a woman. What is happening? And then, or a mermaid. Or, and then Jim is like, I'm just Jim. And everyone's like, that makes sense. And then just carry on. And it's beautiful. Um, and uh, speaking of, you know, gender representation and all the things, right? Uh, part of the journey for, for me and like Jim is that Jim is the same person with or without the beard. The beard doesn't make them more masculine, less feminine. Not having the beard doesn't make them more feminine, less masculine. I didn't, like, when I went on the performance mode, I'm not trying to act like a man or act like a woman. I just am. Uh, And the only thing that changes is how people perceive them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, uh, but what happens in the show is that, like, once everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's this, it's, they're just Jim. They just carry on and, uh, and honor this person's journey. And they have a whole mission of vengeance and revenge uh, on the side. And, um, and once the gender part is like done, it's like, great, let's just carry on with this badass journey. Um, and uh, there's so much joy also within all of it. There's so much queer love. Uh, Jim has someone on the boat who, um, you know, is, is interested in them regardless, uh, which I think it's really fun. Sometimes the trope of the whole like, oh, well, now that the beard is gone, I'm like more attracted to Jim. It's like, no, like I, you know, Oluwande likes Jim no matter what Jim looks like. Uh, they just like the person, uh, which I think is really dope. And, uh, yeah, it's been bananas. I'm kind of like, I, my social media, this is like the first something, something like this happens to me. So my social media is like exploding in all the ways and shapes and forms. And it's, I'm just as excited as everybody. You know, when I read each episode, I would cry. I would be like, I can't believe I'm actually part of this. Like, is this is actually happening? And then mm-hmm. I'm seeing it done and I'm seeing, you know, the queer people being like, reacting the same way I did last year when I was reading everything. I'm like, I'm there with you. I'm crying with you. I'm excited with you. I am feral. It's a new thing that I'm reading a lot. People are just feral for the show and I'm feral for the show as well. You know, <laughs> new, new Gen Z. I don't know what you're talking I don't know either. I'm trying to fit with what... the Gen Zers. <laughs> That's what Gen Z, I mean, I feel like I'm like really trying to get connected with Gen Z, but I mean, I certainly know what feral means. There, it means it's like I, I'm imagining it's a level. It's a level of excitement. It's a level of of such intense love that you're just going feral. That you're just. I mean, like it's chaotic Great. almost. Uh, chaotic Great. good. So I I'm leaning towards that. I haven't really actually asked anybody what feral meant. I but, think you got it. But it's it. That's the vibe I got. That seems right. <laughs> wow. Um, Spoiler alert. I feel like just like gave everyone everything. No, I mean, <laughs> yes. Well, I think go ahead and spoil um, our listeners. But, you know, I think I want to ask you about, I mean, it's interesting, I guess, then to have, I was able to be out as a queer person before I was ever working professionally, just barely, by the way, Ooh, uh, wow. tomorrow, which is um, April 1st is my 20-year gayversary. Um, 20 years ago, on April 1st, I kissed a woman for the first time, which sent me into a um, utter 
like exploration that has never, I've never gone back from that moment. And actually I am 40 this year. So on April 2nd, I will have been on this exploration longer than I wasn't, which is really cool. Um, That's so dope. I love see this. What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah really absolutely. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I'm about to hit that marker of like being aware of myself longer than I wasn't. Um, Happy anniversary. Oh my God, thank you. It's really wonderful. But, you know, so then I was doing improv already in college, but I started working professionally when I was 21, I think. Mm -hmm. So I already knew some stuff about who I was, not everything. Um, The gender stuff is sort of happening in public um, as I'm already in a career that has a public side. Um, But, you know, for you, I'm curious about you're saying like this is your, you know, first like big introduction like this and... You know, it sounds like you're pretty, sounds like you know yourself pretty well. And I'm curious about, you know, how that feels about it happening now. That's a great question. Um, I kind of have had my growth as a human being, like hand in hand with uh, my career, Um, Mm -hmm. both with gender, sexuality, um, uh, culturally everything. Cause when I first moved to LA, I know I remember that I wanted to Americanize myself. I was really trying to fit the, are you from Puerto Rico? Puerto like Rico. From? Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I moved to LA when I was 17, almost 18. And I remember very clearly like wanting to fit the, the, the ticket, the, the heteronormative, cisnormative, white, male gaze of what a Latina should act and look like. And, and I had been born and raised in Puerto Rico and I was very tomboyish. And I remember being like, maybe this is not what's going to get me booked because I don't look Latina enough. And I was like, this is messed up. I mean, I'd realized this later, but I remember when I was young and I was like, well, I gotta, I want to book, I want to work. I'm going to try to fit this ticket. And I realized I was betraying myself, um, in many ways. And as I started to shift that and started to accept myself for, for me and then start and the first coming out was my sexuality. And I remember I had a whole thing about like, maybe I shouldn't say anything because, you know, already being an actor is so difficult. Like if I say I'm like gay, they're going to like get me less roles or whatever. Like I, maybe I shouldn't say anything. And then I, when I realized I was so scared of being who I was, because of losing work, I was like, this is so messed up. This is how other people feel as well. Like, you know, they shouldn't come out at work or say something or whatever. They should just be. So I was like, this needs to change. I'm going to start intentionally being very loud about how gay I am. And then just like book work and then just be like, I am, and just say it. Right. Um, and the same thing happened when I, um, came out as non-binary. Um, and, uh, and then as those things were happening, the industry has also been shifting in, in certain ways and opening a bit more. We still have a lot of way to go, but it, it has been kind of hand in hand. Um, but about like, yeah, about six years ago, uh, when I came out as non-binary with the drag king world and all that stuff, uh, that's when I was like, no, I'm intentionally going to be doing queer characters for the rest of my life because we can, exist in all the spaces. We are in all the spaces and we deserve to be in all the spaces and we deserve to be telling queer stories no matter the character. Right. Um, and, um, and 
yeah, I feel like I haven't I haven't done any character that hasn't been queer and I'm for the past six years yeah. and I'm like so happy about it. Um, but this would be like the the biggest like right the biggest one that's like in mainstream media, which has been like bananas. But I have people that have followed me from like three years ago when I did these them's and uh, or when that's I, me. I'm one of those. Yay! Um, yeah. So it's like been really fun to have people be like, "Wow, I've been seeing your journey and like it's so dope." And and um, and I'm just hoping, you know, to keep just opening doors and just keep it open and then like whistle and be like, come on in and just keep bringing all the queers into the room and keep breaking walls and ceilings and take over. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I was first familiar with you, I think, um, is these thumbs. Um Oh, well, there was something you were just talking about that I was going to ask a follow-up on. And what is it? Oh, what I was going to say is I'm I'm working on this show right now where um, there's a queer woman, I think she identifies as a lesbian, um, who, like, doesn't read as a lesbian. And so we were talking the other day and she was talking about how, like, she has a hard time booking queer roles because she doesn't look like she's the right thing mm. and and it was in her saying that i realized i was like oh i've never even i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why i never even thought of that like i've never played a straight character i think it's that in my mind i i just am like well that's i mean why would that ha- why would that happen exactly um, exactly but i it actually it made me so curious i was like what would it be like to be i mean um, obviously then I did some dream casting in my mind. It's me, Jason Momoa, were dating each other. I love this. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Because he's totally my type. Um, but. I can see this. I can 100%. I'm, you know what I'm saying? this for you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, is it, what's like, is it like a, what kind of show is it? Or like a movie, you know, it's like a, I mean, it's definitely like, not like, verite you know like there's for sure like maybe we're fish you know what i mean there's like something is you know what i mean or like time travel there's something that's going on but i feel like maybe i'm protecting him do you know what i mean like he's he always has to work so hard everybody put oh they see him they put so much pressure on him Mm -hmm, to mm be the like strong one or whatever but then he meets me my character and i'm like come with me if you want to live kind of a thing um, I love this, but that's also kind of queering it up, you know, like that's kind of like queering absolutely. up the relationship, like, you know, not following the, yes. the, the expectation of like, oh, well, the man needs to be the protector or whatever. It's like, totally. you know, you're still technically, I mean, if this was like a heterosexual, you know, cis relationship, you're still kind of queering up the dynamics of like, that's exactly right, Vico, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I also, it makes sense to me now that you say that, that I like picked a man who's very known for wearing like a pink scrunchie on his wrist. Cause I'm like, if I feel like he'd be okay with it, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he'd be like, sure, I'll ride on the back of the motorcycle. I mean, I think just in terms of weight distribution, I'm not sure that that makes sense. <laughs> like, like the motorcycle might go down, but like, since it's on the back of a stunt trailer anyway, like we can pretend that we would be able to stay up. Absolutely. Um, I believe I'm, I'm manifesting this for you. I'm are you so ready here. for this? I'm so ready for I'm this. I'm really ready for this. Yeah. I want it. I want it now. It's out there I in the universe. Too. <laughs> yeah, I guess I got to write this. Yes, please. I like never, yeah, I never, because I'm, you know, my my like original archetype of 
women in movies is is the action hero like i'm a huge linda hamilton fan like mm. for some reason that seems that makes so much more sense to me than like in a rom-com i guess why would you be in love with a man i don't get that but i do get why you would save them or work alongside them as partners <laughs> i love that i love that concept <laughs> no that's great <laughs> It's like, love them? I don't you? know. Me? Oh, Can my gosh. Can you give me some uh, dream imaginings? Where? What's, what would you like to do? Oh, my goodness. Dream imaginings. Listen, I'm a big, like, sci-fi and fantasy person. Me too, baby. Yeah. I love me some dragons, you know. Absolutely. I'm here for that. Uh, I'm here for that life. I actually was answering that question yesterday. I made the chaotic mistake of doing an Ask Me Anything situation on Instagram and there oh, was, how'd that go? It was a, I have a lot of questions that I still have to answer, but there was one where I realized um, that, uh, oh, wow, I'm like completely blanking. It was asked me anything and it was chaotic and my train of thought completely, Jason Momoa, motorcycles, dragons. dragons. Oh yeah. That all of my um, life choices that have shaped me today have been because I love Star Wars. Um, oh, the reason okay. why I sword fight is because of Star Wars. <laughs> the reason why I am vegetarian is because I wanted to be a Jedi and Jedis don't eat meat. So like I, there's a lot of big choices that I, that shape who I am today <laughs> because I am just, I'm a nerd that just wanted to be a Jedi so badly. So, um, so yeah. All right, I believe this will happen for you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's um, all I really want. Just lightsabers, the force and some veggie sticks <laughs> done i think this will happen for you I, th I think so i think so i'm hoping so <laughs> yeah you you look right you got you just need a couple of long tendrils oh you need a couple ooh, of long ooh, braids you yeah know what i mean that's yeah. a big part of it i speaking um, of braids also let a braid grow when i was little because i wanted to be it i mean all of the things i've done yes yeah. uh of course <laughs> So I think that might be the next step is to re-enter that reality. Yeah. I can see myself in Star Wars. That's what's happening. Yeah. I already 100%. live in Star Wars. Oh, but also re-enter the braids. I think the braids is really what's going to... So, and you could, you could do... That could be extensions. Oh, yeah. I got some hair in the bag that I can, like, grow for, like, a month and get that, yeah. you know, get a little something in there to get that going. I think to really give people... Because you have sometimes you have to show people. You know what I mean? There's not everybody has an imagination. And if they change my hair for the second season, if we get a second season of Our Flag Means Death, I, I definitely said dreads a couple times or, you know, braids. And we'll see what happens. Right, right, right. <laughs> if right, they right, actually right. listen to me or not. <laughs> well, this, I mean, I can't wait to find out. Me neither. And you'll just be ready to go right into your outer space adventure. Yes. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, goodness. I, too, love Star Wars. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this for you. Are you I ready for Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, he's not my favorite. I mean, okay. <gasps> you know what I mean? But he's not. He's Oh, he's your favorite? So he's my type. <laughs> that's my type. <laughs> that's your type? Yeah. You and McGregor, that's, especially as Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's like my type. Just like tender, very you bearded. And McGregor, you and McGregor riding a motorcycle through South and Central America is more my type. Ewan McGregor in, um, oh my God, what is the freaking movie where he is? Um, Moulin Rouge. Oh, Velvet Goldmine. Oh. Uh, 
Have you ever seen that movie? I have not, and now I need to see it. <laughs> oh, this is what you should do with your afternoon. Like, it's really important. I will I'm be serious. doing this. Velvet Goldmine? Yes. It's happening. I'm going to find it somewhere. Some platform has to have it. A hundred percent. Okay, but yes. Okay, so you're excited for Obi-Wan. Yes. That's really important to you. <laughs> Indeed. Good. Great. back and talk for a moment about what you were saying about port- moving here from Puerto Rico. Mm. And um, I mean, what did, what is specific experience too? Because I mean, this is like a real outsider's perspective. I don't know enough about this, but because of Puerto Rico's um, specific relationship with the United States or the United States specific relationship with Puerto Rico, I would imagine that there's a lot involved emotionally in trying in a, in moving here. Um, am I am yeah. I on the right track? No, about that one hundred percent. I am a very proud Puerto Rican. I'm very proud of being Puerto Rican, and I love my island and my culture and my people. And it, I had to, and I still, you know, it's it's weird for me to be here sometimes in, in, in LA, um, and the United States in general, um, there was a part of me that was like, I just, I, I wish that the mecca of TV and film wasn't in Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Why do I have to like go to this colonizer's place <laughs> to like, yeah, work? exactly. Um, I mean, that's exactly what I'm asking about. Specifically. Yes. I'm realizing I could have been even more specific for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know, but I'm asking about Puerto Rico being a U.S. territory. Colony, yeah. Colony, yeah. Yep. Thank you for the right wording. <laughs> no worries. Territory, yeah. But Yeah, but without um, representation and benefits and and uh, with just, yeah, essentially occupation. Yeah, no, it's, it's full-on colonization. We are, Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. Uh, it's very obvious and really frustrating, especially when you are here, uh, you see the way that the land is literally being sold for pennies for people that come from the outside. Uh, it is incredibly difficult for people that are from Puerto Rico, uh, to live in Puerto Rico, to have a business in Puerto Rico, all of the tax breaks, all of the benefits are for only people that are coming from the outside. Um, it, it's very obvious that the government just wants everyone out and have all the outsiders in and become a tax haven and just take advantage of everything, um, which is a real bummer. And like you said, there is no representation uh, in Congress that actually has a vote because, yes, we have some people up there, but they do not get to vote. We don't vote for president either, um, uh, but we do vote for primaries, which is an interesting um, concept. Yes, odd. And we have a uh, fiscal group that was appointed by the United States Congress. Uh, nobody, no single Puerto Rican voted for for that group to, uh, no, nobody in Puerto Rico voted for who could be in that group. So it was a group appointed by U.S. Congress to 
take over Puerto Rico and just to verify anything the governor says in PR. So if the governor says, we're going to do this, but this fiscal group appointed by the U.S. says, no, we're not going to do that, then that's vetoed. So we really don't have like an actual governor. We don't really have a say at all in anything. Um, and uh, yeah, it's real messy and intense. And can I ask you some <laughs> dumb people questions? Go for it. I for, Yeah. For like, you know, and I, and this is, I think, also part of how um, colonizers in general, but, you know, the United States keep systems like this in place is that, like, I didn't really learn about this in school. You know, this is, like, not, this is, like, in my purview in probably the last, like, five or ten years max, you know, and I think, um, again, that's, like, part of keeping a system in place is, like, you don't even tell the people who are raised here that this is what's going on. So, and like, even there for is some us stuff I too. just don't know. <laughs> even, oh, for, right. I mean, even for us, I've had to do a lot of my own digging to, like, get the information that I required. Because otherwise, right. yeah, they don't want you to know. Right. So, some questions I have are, and maybe you don't know this, but do you pay taxes? We do pay taxes. Quite I thought a you did. A bit yes. of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in terms of, because I know this is, like, this is just something that I don't have like the right info on and I can certainly do my own research, but statehood being floated as like a possible positive thing in the U.S., I'm assuming is not what Puerto Ricans would want. Puerto Ricans would maybe want for the United States to leave, but this is just like an assumption based on general knowledge of things. Like it's not really (laughs) from research. (laughs) That is correct. Um, the United States thinks that Puerto Rico should be a state just to be like, oh, this is an easy uh, fix, right? But that is not the easy fix. The easy fix is for the United States to leave Puerto Rico and let us do our own thing. Um, unfortunately, um, it's um, the way that I describe it is that what happened to us, it's like you're we're a full body, all limbs walking, and someone on the other side is walking really fast towards us. And very swiftly, at the same time, they cut off the legs, they put on a wheelchair. And it's like, oh, you see, without me, you wouldn't have had this wheelchair. And then it happened so quickly that it was like, who cut off my legs? Um, So that's kind of what I, like a visual representation of like what it feels the United States is doing with Puerto Rico. Um, Not only do we pay taxes, but we also pay double the amount of uh, of stuff for produce. Everything comes from the outside. Um, oh, and wow. uh, yeah, they made it really difficult for us to like oh even use our own God. land. And we have such nerd, like the land is so ready. And we have a lot of people here that like are doing their own independent uh, produce stuff and whatnot. But it's like, again, having a business here is incredibly difficult um, because they just have you pass all these hurdles. Um even right now, I've been outside of Puerto Rico for 12 years. I technically uh, can take advantage of the benefits of being an outsider um, because wow. I have a business in L.A. I have my whole, I mean, my ID is in L.A. So technically I haven't been living in Puerto Rico. Um, so I do plan on like maybe looking in some of those like laws and like benefit from that to benefit my people. Um, but uh, it's tricky and uh And yes, it's really frustrating. And I know that sometimes people are like, oh, but there's a vote that happened recently that 80% of Puerto Ricans voted for statehood. But when you look at the turnout, only 20% of the island turned to the vote. Um, Oh, got it. So, and (laughs) this happened like 
This happened like two years ago and nothing has happened yet. So then it's another, it's the 80% that didn't show to the voting was like, you see, we vote, we don't vote. It doesn't matter. It's if the U.S. doesn't want it, they're not going to want it. They clearly don't want us as a state. Um, they, we don't want to be a state. So peace. But, um, wow. but yes, it's just all a bunch of money used to keep us razzle dazzled, really, unfortunately. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not shocked to hear anything that you're saying, partially just because I've been to Hawaii and I feel like that was very instructive in my understanding of like what we are still actively doing and what we have been doing. Because, you know, I think I just I think I just really didn't get it. Like, I I, I don't know. I mean, especially. Because I think I think we actually. I think Puerto Rico is. um maybe even less on people's radar in the U.S. in terms of, like, cultural appropriation. Because in Hawaii, we we did an amazing job of, like, snatching up shirts and, like, tiki mugs or something mm-hmm. that isn't even from there, but being like, this is from there. And, uh, and um, like, making a, a, a you know, you can imagine what Hawaii looks like on a T-shirt or whatever. And it's it's very, I think it's very, almost more than like, you know, almost any other state. It's like one of the places that I think did a great job of like visualizing a fake thing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's like a Disney. Just going there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going there and like seeing what's happening is kind of wild. I still have not been to Hawaii and I'm curious because I feel like from what I'm listening from people on TikTok and all that stuff, it's it's kind of in that same, like, that's what the goal is eventually to like get us to the point where Hawaii is, which is a bummer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just feels, I don't know. This is how I felt being there on a couple different islands was just like, oh, this is not, <clears throat> this is not um, ours. Like, this is not mine, you know, um, this is not of, like, I've, I've also been to, I've been to some reservations and it's a similar feeling of like, there's clearly a culture that already exists there mm. and that's being like surrounded and inhabited also, you know, and just, just like that happened elsewhere in the U.S. at such a different time. It wasn't part of my purview, but. When I see it in those places, it's I'm like, oh, this is what we've always done, but it's like actively still happening here. Yeah, it's just it's just modern modern colonization. It really is just, and it's so it's brilliantly devastating how sneaky it is and how um, legal they make it. It's like, how is this? How is this legal? How is it? What is totally. happening? <laughs> It's like that's you start wondering, like uh, you start questioning the system because it's like, wh- how is this? How are these things legal? Like, wh- how who is saying yes to all of this? What's happening? I mean, even you correcting me when I said territory, like that's so helpful because again, it's like you know, it's um, it's like the it's like the concentration camps for Japanese American folks in California that are like not called concentration camps because because language is you know specifically chosen to like distance 
reality. Yeah, 100%. And they do a really good job. I mean, it's all marketing at the end of the day. It's like, let's just like make this, let's reframe this in a way that we look good. And it's like, yeah, nobody like that's um, when you look at the paper and you read the description, it's like, yeah, you really did. You did some creative thinking in that title. <laughs> um, no. Uh, wow. Yeah. 100%. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing all that with me. And thank um, you. Yeah. So this whole moment, you know, it just feels like, well, first of all, I'm really happy for you. And it also just feels like, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you are getting a chance to, you know, be known for like a thing that has nothing to do with these things that are part of your life, right? You're like, you're, you're playing gym. That's not like, but you have so many, you have so much to say. It's, it's really excellent to just get a chance to like be in the mainstream so that when these interviews come up, like these are, this is just part of the chat. You know, that's, that's awesome. I'm just excited for all the things that are going to come out. I mean, I'm hoping that come out of all of this, right? Um, I have so many incredibly talented queer friends who write, produce, direct, act, and they, all they really needed just was like a, just some, just a little push on the financing bit. And it's like, if I can help in that way, um, that's where I'm at. I'm kind of like, great. There's like all this like, oh, what is gonna, what is Vika gonna do after this? And I'm like, great. I have some like things that I would like to do. Friends, come over, show me your stuff. And then be like, we want to do this project. Do you want to give us the money to do it? Because I believe in it and we should do it. Um, so that's kind of, I'm hoping that from all of this, like, you know, more doors and more beautiful stories get told and um, and get in the mainstream media and and just have us all tell gorgeous stories and connect with each other and ourselves. <laughs> That's my hope, at least, which sometimes it feels like kind of naive because this industry is kind of intense. I mean, I've been at it for 12 years and I've had some really devastating lows and some great highs. So I'm kind of just like, okay, let's just take advantage of the moment as much as possible before, if anything, you know, if I fall again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm, sh I'm sure you will because we all will. It's like all about ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, that's my experience anyway, is that like, I don't care who you are or how well things are going. There's always an opportunity for it to dip. And so, yep. Um, you know, I also love how like stable and full of self-love you sound because that's really important too. I'll take it. <laughs> also uh, a year plus on therapy. So that's... <laughs> Oh, I recommend, absolutely. I recommend. That's how we, that's how we survive. Very things. much. Yes. Fico, <laughs> uh, well, before I send you back into your day, I just wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place or thing that made you feel that you can be who you are today. Oh my God. Um, <gasps> wow. Holding the chest. Very, very loving posture. Yes. Uh, wow. Someone that really inspired me to really go for it was Rain Valdez. Um, she, oh, awesome. yeah, she's, I was in her acting class for like a year. Um, and, uh, and I was like, still a little bit afraid of like, I don't know if I should just dive. Uh, and, um, and she really was just like, inspired me to find the the power and my truth and and 
and what I can bring to the table. And she was the one that inspired me to just, yeah, just very be like, I'm going to make every character queer, whether it was written for it or not. It's just going to happen. I'm going to show up. And the second I'm in, it's just a queer character and really take up that space and, uh, and not be afraid of taking that space. So yeah, she, she might queero. I love it. Well, you're a delight and, um, I can't wait to follow everything that happens for you. And I'm in your corner. Likewise, I can't wait to see your show. I've been seeing all the sexy photos of the tattoos and all the stuff. And I was like, oh, oh excuse yeah. you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Nico. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 